Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. I am joined yet again by Susan. Hi, Susan. Hello. And today's insights, Productivity Insights, we're going to be talking about the power of benchmarking. So lots of people talk about benchmarking, so something you've been driving, developing in the background since kind of the inception of Rethink. So just describe for the listeners what you mean by benchmarking. It's basically a comparison versus peers or a suitable comparator. So by benchmarking, it it really brings that external perspective. So you might have, you know, if you look at your own measures, you might have it versus previous times or you can compare different sites that have been measured but actually it gives you a whole different perspective to be able to compare what your numbers are versus other operations that are trying to do similar things. And the benefit of knowing that, what what do people take out of it? It can be a real reality check about where you are, so how you're performing. Typically, you can I can tell when you look at numbers, is it a business that's been working on their productivity from where they sit in the benchmark? Because if you're sitting in the middle or kind of up in line with the top of your peers, you can see that kind of the business has been working on it. Um, And it it gives you a, a sense for, can you just tighten things and improve it? Have you got some catching up to do, some fairly simple catching up to do that'll get you in line with the benchmark? If you're already at the top of the benchmark, it kind of tells you that you need to be doing something different. So you're going to have to do something more radical to be able to to break that benchmark. Just doing what everybody else in the industry does won't won't get you further forward. If you're going to make a change, it needs to be a, a bigger change. And we structure that data by industry. So retail, hospitality, manufacturing, vets, offices, distribution, supply chain, and then by sector within that, so we're looking at discounters versus discounters, supermarkets yeah. versus supermarkets. And you can look across wider ones. So, for example, if in a store where you're doing picking for online deliveries and it's a, if it's a big site, you might want to, as context, compare that to a warehouse setting where they're doing picking. So don't always stay just within the the rails of it and it's similar if you're looking at something that's a high contact service industry you might compare I don't know premium beauty and a high service jewelers so they're different kind of sectors but there's similarities in how they should be how they want to be spending their time and and selling to people yeah so not constraining the thinking to those that are already in the sector there may be some learning from from outside And I think we've got about 7 million benchmarking data points now from our data over the last 13 years. Some of that's more relevant than others based on time. And that data set continues to grow as we do more studies, capture more insight and create those data points. If we maybe work through the methodologies, and we've talked about these methodologies in detail on the other Productivity Insights podcasts, so activity study, role study, efficiency study, because they're all give a slightly different feel and um, insight let's start with activity study so when you're benchmarking activity study what kind of things do you go back with what's the the thought process of how you get there well the simplest way to benchmark is to say if you're looking at a process where else does that similar process and how long do they take so it might be 
to use that example of picking again, how long does it take to pick an item or pick an order? How long does it take to serve a customer at a till? How long do you take to cash up? You know, all those different tasks that you do, how long you take to make a cup of coffee, all those things you can you can benchmark at both at the top line level. So if the task takes one and a half minutes in one place, a minute somewhere else, that kind of gives you some information. You then get into real richness by looking then at, because we, we capture data not just as a total task level, but also break and, broken down into the steps that make it up. So we call those elements. So we can look at it at an element level. So for example, if you're looking at time to make a cup of coffee, where is it? that you're quicker or faster than your comparators? Is it the, you know, making the shot? Is it the the milk piece? Is it then combining the shot and the milk and whatever else to make the drink? So to understand where in the process you're quicker or slower than other people is really helpful. So that's one way we do it. The other way is to look up. So for things like um, picking, you've got, you tend to have other activities around it that aren't just the core activity of picking. So, for example, walk distances and travel time within that. So it's very useful for us to benchmark the amount of walking or travel, if it's on forklift trucks or whatever, um, that people are doing to complete that process versus comparators. Because you can then look at things like one-way systems and how things are laid out. And So, again, it, it's getting down into those. It really helps surface insights that people can then take action on. And I think there's been lots of conversation recently around things like system delay. So looking at how that pans out. So how yeah. much time is interrupted by people waiting for the wheel of death to turn on the screen or the till to load or the PC to load or the spreadsheet to download. So again, getting into that level of detail of where systems impact in process. Yes, systems um it's also called it's not system delay but another sort of delay unavoidable wait so how long are you having to wait for for lifts for example where you've got multi-floor operations and all that sort of thing can be really useful information for people to to know that sort of thing so activity study gives us a a elemental level if if we want it or an overall task level role study on a similar theme but there must be some slightly different insights because that's where we're shadowing a specialist leadership role for day, week, whatever it looks like. So that must give you some different things to compare against and benchmark. Yes. So you can look at the core thing that you're looking at with role study is kind of how long that role spends on their specialism. So that's a very fundamental thing that you can benchmark. So it depends. You might be looking at a pharmacist, you might be looking at a a manager and you want to know how long they spend on management or some other specialism role. But you, you can then benchmark a manager, for example, how long do they spend on managing versus tasks that other people could be doing and how does that stack up against similar organisations? So we create, we call it a management index. So that must become really powerful then because it gives you all of a sudden evidence if you're thinking of changing structure, increasing spans of control, decreasing spans of control, putting in new roles, taking out roles, whereas before it was very much desktop exercise and it this is the general thought and what we think people do. Now we can turn that into an evidence-based approach, I assume. Yes, and when you see that, if you know that your managers spend only, and you've got a deputy manager, they spend only 20% of their time being a manager, and actually you've got four deputy managers, all of them not spending very long being managers, 
that gives you a very strong steer as to as to where to go. So that, yeah, they're really useful insights. And it, we break it down even further. So it's interesting when you look within management to say how much of that is people management, so leading teams, coaching, versus management admin. So that might be stuff like you know confirming payroll numbers or that sort of thing. But are people spending time on people or are they spending it on papers and PC management and looking at sales figures? Because again, that all all gives you a really interesting perspective on how your organisation stacks up against others. And again, I know we talked about it on the last podcast, but the poll we, we ran on LinkedIn where the response was that cost was the biggest challenge everybody was facing. Typically those roles are leadership roles or very specialist roles, butcher baker, I won't say the obvious, but candlestick maker, um, that have a specific skill set which drives an incremental yeah. pay surely you want to be knowing that you're maximising the skills of those individuals, where the overlap is, or actually if you're overpaying for work that could be done by somebody at a, a different um, lower pay rate. So interesting interesting stuff on role study. Yeah. And then efficiency study, how does that work from a benchmarking point of view? So that's the higher level laps of the store, accounting or warehouse, pharmacy, wherever it might be counting customers at each of those individual laps and then rating and counting what each colleague's doing. So again, it can work at multiple levels. So at a top line level, how much time are you spending with customers versus on task and process versus um, non-value add time? So you can do that at that that top line, uh, which is is useful. You can also drill down into it. So you might want to know how long you're spending on admin versus other people across the team or um, any other factor that, that you're looking at, really, you can uh, you can compare. So we've just done a study where we're looking at where people have got different processes. Some processes are more automated than others. Some have got better integrated systems than others. And actually, when you look at the amount of time spent on admin, in those places that have got high degree of automation versus load automation, it, it kind of gives you a percentage figure of time that then really gives you a stronger business case. So, yeah, you can you can measure it for um, through activity studies so you can know how long it takes to do that admin, but actually seeing what proportion of time you're spending overall on admin versus um, what places that haven't got that kind of system complexity is another way of looking at it. So a lot of the time what we're looking to do is give people multiple views on the same situation because having those multiple views gives you the best rounded insights and feeling for the opportunities. And from an efficiency study point of view, I assume you could also, if needs be, do cuts by area because you know where things happened by time because you know by time of day clearly don't you don't want to get into too much complexity because you narrow the sample um but all those things again might be interesting so where are people spending their time how are they spending their time what's the pace of work on those tasks yes so it's similar to what we can do with roles today very often people are interested where people are spending the time so how much time are they spending front of house versus back of house or you know all those sorts of things so we can we can look at all those you can get some very top line views on roles as well out of efficiency study because it's that team-wide view 
So again, that's quite interesting, even to look at, you can look at skills mix and all sorts of things versus, you know, between different organisations. So some really fascinating things you can get. So lots of data, 7 million plus data points across those three methodologies, lots of power in that benchmarking world. Some bits we can kind of share at a top line level. So we're doing some work with Portsmouth University to automate some of that work, to turn to productize some of that benchmarking for organizations and start to introduce some AI and machine learning to, to make it smarter and have other data sets that may influence. So that's that's work in progress and we'll, we'll share more when we can. And I think we just finish on, we're pretty much a month away from the, the Rethink Forum. So 14th September, we've talked about it before. If you want to attend, you're kind of going to have to drop us a note now because registration's closed, we're at capacity, but as ever, people will um, will drop out because stuff just drops in the diary. That's that's the way the world and the way it works. So if, if you're interested in coming and you're listening, drop Sue or I a note and we can add you to the waiting list and let you know if a space turns up. Any final thoughts on the forum you'd like to share? I think one of the big powers that that we've always seen and that people comment on afterwards is just what a great opportunity it is to meet people that do the same thing as you. So whilst we can come up with benchmarking numbers that show people, you know, at a top line level, the numbers and how they match up to then to spend time in a room talking to people that do a similar role to you, a similar organisation and and really comparing notes is is a really valuable opportunity. So I think that's something that a lot of people find really useful out of the conference as well. Yeah, so 150 people plus registered, uh, great set of speakers. You can see those on the agenda on the, the website. Um, some new stuff we've not tried before as well, but plenty of time for networking. As Sue said, always the most valuable part in terms of the feedback. So if you're registered, look forward to seeing you there. If you're not registered, drop us a note and we'll see if we can squeeze you in if somebody drops out. Thanks again, Sue, and we'll catch up soon. Bye.